Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. So we're joined for a look at the papers and the markets by Aidan Donnelly from Davy. Morning, Aidan. Good morning, Gavin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Elon Musk met Twitter employees yesterday. What did he say? Yeah, he, he seems to be on a bit of a, a, a rant in terms of all of his staff, uh, be it in Tesla or in, in, in potential staff in Twitter. What he's basically turned around, he said that the, the business needs to get healthy and undergo a rationalization of headcount and expenses um, if he's going to take this over. And uh, I suppose, it, you know, th- there's obviously been an awful lot of worry among the Twitter staff since this deal has been announced. But what he's saying is he, he does have growth plans for the, the business, but, you know, he, the, the cost base needs to, to, to be pulled in line. He, want, he, he has a goal to get one billion people globally um, using the system up from 229 million today um, and I think the other thing he, he's beginning to look at is in terms of, of the profit and loss is that he needs to diversify the revenue base here because he wants to move into payments and subscriptions and paid for user verification so it's it's an interesting plan but I think at the at the back of it is definitely going to be one where that, that that's going to require layoffs and cost cutting um, yeah I'm sure the uh, staff were delighted to hear that um, but it does, I suppose, signal that he is committed to going ahead with, with this deal, or so it looks like, uh, because people had felt he might be wobbling a bit. Yeah, look, I think ultimately he probably was wobbling a little bit, but I, you know, all, the, the, at the end of the day, he's made a commitment and there's a, a legally binding contract in there and he was going to be paying money if he tried to walk away from it. Um, so I think... Uh, at this stage, he's looked at it and he said, "Okay, well, look, I'm I'm here. I need to do something." So um, that's you know, this is the next phase of it. ASOS, the online fashion retailer, they had a disastrous day yesterday. It looks like this policy of free returns might be biting them a bit in the current climate. The London Times carries a story on this. Yeah, London Times carried this and, and stock price was down 30% or something yesterday um, on, on the back of this. And uh, they basically said the profits could fall to between 20 million and 60 million, uh, which is significantly lower than where analysts had expected it to be, which is up around the 90 million. Um, and also a huge drop from last year when they made 100, 190 million. And what they're saying is that, that you know that there's been a, a slowdown in growth expectations as well at the, on, on the top line. They've taken their their growth guidance down to four to seven percent from from the previous ten to fifteen. Now, I, you know they're putting it down to the fact that you know they're seeing an awful lot of returns, and and this is down to the cost of living. People buy stuff online when they get it, they kind of go, "Oh, can I really afford it?" and 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 then they're sending it back. And like, while I have some sympathy with that, I'm I'm not entirely sure because we're seeing this in in other pure online retailers as well that really just as 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 the economies open up again and people are back moving this whole idea of omni-channel research or or retail rather than pure online is beginning to see a pick up you know in terms of people wanting to have a you know physical facility that can go back in um, and drop stuff off and things like that and certainly those retailers seem to be doing a little bit better yeah and i can understand people want to get back out in the shops you know with them having been closed up for so long they seem wedded though to this idea of the free returns you can just send something back if you don't like it for for nothing um 
What do you make of that? I mean, I suppose it is a key selling point for them. It is exactly. It's a key selling point. And and, and if you've always used ASOS because of that and they suddenly start charging you for it, it, you know, there would be a real risk that they'd actually start losing customers over it. So I think the... the, the, they're stuck with it, whether they whether they think it's the right thing or not. They are kind of yeah. stuck with it now, and 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 we we'll just have to kind of manage on regardless. Finally, there's an interesting one on insurance profitability in the Irish Times. I didn't necessarily think of this myself, but I see the point once I read what Central Bank Governor Gabriel McClough is saying. Inflation aid is a threat to our insurers. Yeah, it, it is, because ultimately, if you think about it, the, and this is not just about, you know, um, personal injury claims going crazy in, in the courts. It's actually the flip side of it, particularly in things like motor industry uh, and housing. Because the costs, uh, because inflation is going up, obviously, the cost of settling claims are going to go up. So, you know, if, if something happens to your car, it's more expensive now because of, of, of higher costs to get it fixed. If something happens to your house, it's more expensive to get it. So you, you're going to see naturally a, a an increase in the cost of settling these claims. And, and, and it's obviously a big uh, issue for the, the, the general insurers. Now, it's not all bad news for them uh, because obviously... As, as interest rates move up, um, they tip it, investors t- uh, insurance companies typically invest all the premiums through the year. So the fact that um, you know the interest rates are going up, it is actually a little bit of an offset for them. But I think probably the other thing too is it's going to offset it is we should see a decline in personal injury awards coming from the new uh, judicial uh, guidelines. Yeah. So it's 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 going to be kind of a on the one hand, on the other hand, uh, and 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 where the the dust settles on this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, all told, I suppose maybe we shouldn't be holding our breath for massive premium decreases. You know, everyone's been hoping for that since the the personal injury awards uh, have started going down. But when you've got this inflation issue as well, uh, you know, maybe that's going to put pay to that idea. All right. It's been a seismic week on the markets. Interest rate hikes everywhere. What I want to start with is the ECB because they had a problem this week, a big problem, with the market pricing of Italian bonds. And their solution basically was to say they will, if necessary, step in and purchase Italian bonds to bring Italy's borrowing costs down so as to make sure interest rate hikes don't start a debt crisis in Italy. Mm-hmm. Now, this is probably a good idea. But it does make me a bit uncomfortable. It does seem a bit like monetary financing, which is what they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, and and this is this is the this is a big big issue for the ECB because they they are trying to make sure that, as you say, they don't slip into the monetary financing. But we've seen such a large move out in what's called the spread. So that's basically the difference in borrowing costs from for, for Italian debt over and and actually Greek debt over so the the core of Europe, which would be Germany and France. Now, what they're trying, what what they have trying to be being put in place what they call fragmentation a, a fragmentation system which would allow them to to as you say you know focus any any future uh, bond borrowing and, and and reinvestment that they want to do in certain areas rather than on a pro rata basis right across the whole of Europe um, and and in which case just kind of manage the the, the costs of certain countries o- over others 
this is, you know, something that in theory makes very good sense. But I, I, as you said, the, the, the regulation kind of prevents them from doing that. So it's it's how do you set up a system to make sure that it does what I want, you want it to do, but doesn't breach any of the rules that you've already set yeah. in place. Well, the, the language they use around it is, is quite interesting. You know, clearly they, they feel it's, it's within their mandate to do this. And they say, you know, they're determined to make sure that the a transmission of monetary policy to use the jargon <laughs> uh, isn't interrupted by market conditions. So, you know, they, they obviously feel that they're entitled to do it. It is, it, it is clever, I think, in the sense that it, it might be a solution to this issue that caused such problems last time we had a crisis in the euro, which is it's a one-size-fits-all monetary policy for 19 different countries which have different economies. Yeah, it, it, and, and it comes down to the the, the, the the key problem here in terms of the EU. It's a monetary union, not a fiscal union, right? And therefore, different countries have have, have different governmental and fiscal issues that they need, need to sort out. But when you just have a monetary issue, you, you can't really do, you know, just have, as you say, one size fits all. So they, they need to kind of progress this. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, when you when you have an in, one interest rate fixing it for everybody, as we saw, you know, in the run into the, the, the global financial crisis, you know, different economies are running at different speeds, doing different things, and, and having one blunt instrument that is your interest rate isn't necessarily, a, a, you know, the, the right thing to have. So therefore, they've got to find ways of, of managing this on a much more granular basis. Obviously, in the US, we had this 75 basis point hike. If we were talking, you know, probably a month ago, we would have said, that this wasn't going to happen, but now it has happened. And I just wonder, you know, maybe we haven't hit a bottom yet on equities because our expectations, uh, things are just moving so fast uh, that that the, the nature of these interest rate hikes we're getting, they may they may be bigger than we m- we might expect. Yeah, I I, I think the, the the interesting thing about the, the Fed's uh, meeting this week was that there was a a, a kind of a, a a balloon floated on Monday in a Wall Street Journal article. Now, this is most unusual for the Fed uh, to, to, to be using the, the media to try to, to float an idea out there before their own meeting. They tend to be very much, you know, lay it out in, the, in, in uh, lay out what they want to do over the last three, uh, you know, in the, in the previous two or three months and actually just make sure that they stick on that glide path. And I think ultimately what happened was with the, the inflation number being worse than expected, last month's inflation being worse than expected, the big clarion call from investors was that the Fed were way behind the curve and, and needed to do something. So it's a question of, you know, do they surprise people on the day, as in on Wednesday when they announce it, or do they try to, to, to get Get it out there as a kind of a, a softly, softly idea in, 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 through the media, and ultimately that's what they chose to do. Um, as to, 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 I suppose that the, their big issue is they are trying to balance inflation, and um, they still see decent strength coming through in the economy, and 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 think therefore that the, you know the economy can actually weather the, um, the 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 higher interest rate increases that they're putting through. You know, on, on the market side of it, I, I tell you that that volumes remain very, very low. There is a kind of a, a, a knee-jerk reaction here um, in terms of the, the poor sentiment that we've seen. Um, and, and I just think people don't know. And in that type of an environment, there's a kind of a buyer strike out there. So the buyers have all stepped back, yeah. you know, and, and whatever sellers around are having a disproportionate impact on, on, on share prices in terms of the volatility that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis.
All right, well, we'll see how it goes, Aidan. Uh, obviously, a lot of uncertainty and things are changing very quickly. So who knows what I'll be talking uh, to you about in a month's time. We'll leave it there. That's Aidan Donnelly from Davy. We- Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.